the biggest win is really going to the kids and their resilience and their ability to sort of bounce back as tired and as stressed out as many of us are as adults. These kids are still going. They're still getting up and being in their Zoom or their Google Meets. And it's incredibly tough for kids who are so used to being physically connected with one another. And so just definitely hats off to the kids. I mean, we are all adults, but for kids, this has been trying. And I'm really, really proud of the children who have managed to just make it through the situation in spite of. Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast. I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and today I want to bring you the second entry in a new series of episodes. For now, I'm calling these roundtables, live-streamed conversations meant to warm your heart, spark your thinking, and ignite your professional practice. Because of the nature of live-streamed video conferences, you'll hear more audio quirks than in a normal one-to-one audio-only recording, and you'll hear me and other panelists interact with real-time audience members and their comments. For all those reasons and more, I've hesitated to share this kind of content on the podcast even after months of recording. But after repeated requests and encouragement from my professional learning network, I've concluded that this content is just too rich not to share. So please give me your feedback. Let me know at Teachers on Fire on any platform if you found the content in this episode helpful, and I'll be happy to bring more roundtables your way. Today's roundtable is titled, School Leaders Reflect on Wins and Challenges from 2020. My guest list includes Greg Moffat, Michelle Minotti, AJ Bianco, Dr. Basil Marin, Latrice Younger, and Tara Desiderio. Enjoy. Welcome and good morning. My name is Tim Cavey. I'm an eighth grade teacher and assistant principal, rookie assistant principal this year. And I'm very excited to be joined by these fantastic administrators. That's the theme of this morning's roundtable is connecting with principals, assistant principals, and school leaders to reflect back on 2020, celebrate some wins, and look forward to 2021. So as we get started this morning, I'm going to ask each of you to, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself, talk about your context in education, and we'll take it from there. So Michelle, would you start us off? Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, Michelle Minotti here. I am the proud principal at Springhouse Middle School in the Parkland School District, um, where I've led for the past 20 years. Springhouse, uh, we have 1,300 students. Uh, It's located in Parkland. It's in the Lehigh Valley in eastern Pennsylvania. So it's like a semi-metropolitan region. Um, The district itself has about 9,572 students. There's about 1,300 staff. So uh, as far as where we're at with this craziness, um, our entire district is hybrid. Um, There are students who come to school two days a week. There are students that can also stay home uh, virtually. If they come to school, the A to L or the Monday, Tuesday, then Wednesday's an e-learning day, and then the Thursday, Friday are the M disease students. Um, So I just, honestly, it's been a ride. I think everybody can agree to that, but just really feel blessed and grateful for the fact that we are still in school and we still have this hybrid experience happening right now. Well, well said, and I think we're that's going to be a theme of our celebration round. Absolutely. Latrice, we were saying off air, it's been great to connect with you on Voxer this year. Introduce yourself. Absolutely. I've had a ball on Voxer. I'm so glad I was invited. It's pretty fun. Um, my name is Latrice Younger. I am one of three assistant principals in a small county in Virginia called Culpeper. Um, we have 10 schools in our district, so pretty small 
Um, it's predominantly rural. Uh, at my middle school and throughout the district, we are also hybrid on hybrid model, which I can actually say I've enjoyed because I needed to physically be back in the building with kids. Mm -hmm. We right now are in the midst of experiencing a lot of difficulty with trying to get some of our virtual learners on board. And so I'm sure that that's like a predominant theme in everyone's schools. Um, but I have been at this school now for, this is my third year, and this is my fourth year as an assistant principal. So um, just going along for the ride, I mean, as a fairly new administrator, this is definitely one for the books. So this has been an interesting school year so far. Absolutely. Tara, good morning to you. Good morning. I am Tara Desiderio. I am the very, very proud principal at West Coastville Elementary School in the East Penn School District, very close to where Michelle is. We are probably only about 10 miles apart from one another. And um, as Tom Murray likes to remind us, there are two sides of 222 and Michelle is on one of them and I am on the other. So we, we often um, dispute which is the better side to be on. So in all honesty, we work so well together and our districts work collaboratively often and we're just blessed to be working together. Um, our district is currently working in um, a combination model. We have our students actually coming back on Monday to the hybrid model where we are running um, half of our students coming in uh, Monday, Tuesday, every other Wednesday and the rest of them coming in Thursday, Friday, every other Wednesday. Um, about And this return we have about 60% of our students coming back in that model. Um, and then we have 40% of our students who are staying completely virtual and online. So we have teachers that are just teaching online and we have teachers that are teaching in our hybrid model. So um, we're, we're almost running like three schools in one and really learning a lot every step of the way. Wow, that's a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Next up. All right, so I'm Dr. Basil Moran. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the show today, uh, Tim. I know we've been we talked from summertime to be on there, but I was knee deep in my, in my dissertation, so <laughs> I'm so glad to be done with that and be able to be here with phenomenal people. Um, I uh, thank you so much. So I am an assistant principal um, of five um, for Shamble Charter High School in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and so we are a pretty big school. We have about 1,800 kids. Um, and we're very diverse. So I would say 30%, you know, African-American, 30% Caucasian, 30% Hispanic. Um, so very diverse. And, and so for, with that comes diverse challenges, right? Um, and so being at a high school, um, you know, we're talking about credits and graduation and um, how do we help these kids to really be the best they can be? Even think about freshmen who are coming into a new place, new a new era, and they don't know the lockers yet. They, don't, they haven't really met their teacher, only through Zoom. And so um, our, my principal and I spoke about even next year being like having two ninth grade classes almost because you had the new ones coming in and then the ones who were there, but it's still going to be new to them. Um, so trying to find a balance. And I always say that you, you have to do the hard work before you can do the hard work. And so some of that's really important right now when we're talking about these things with kids because they, why do they want to care? Why should I put my Zoom on? Why should I go with the teacher one-on-one -on -one for a tutorial? Why should I even care about graduating? Like, are colleges even going to be at the same level? There's there's so many questions <laughs> that people have. And, and so right now it's important to pour into um, our kids' cup, but also it's important to pour into our teacher's cup right now. And, and so many people are pouring from empty cups. Um, and so it's important as we go into 
this this holiday season that we get rejuvenated um, and we get re- kind of rebooted because 2021 is coming um, and, and instruction is still there and we still got to get these kids where they got to go. So again, excited to learn from you all um, in this chat about what you're doing as principals, but um, at the same time as well as how to support other sister principals who are in the trenches with me. Fantastic. Great to have you here, Greg. Hey, Tim. Hey, everyone. Uh, Thanks so much for the invite. It's an honor to be here. I could talk education all day and uh, to get to do it uh, for an hour with such amazing uh, colleagues in a a chat room um, is just awesome. So thank you. Um, I'm an elementary school principal in Northern California, and we are 100% virtual right now. And we've been 100% virtual um, since the start of the school year. And uh, we've been trying to get to a hybrid model and every single time we plan for it and are about to bring kids back, the numbers in our county and across our state just don't warrant it. And so we get back to virtual and or we stay virtual. And I think the the biggest challenge for, for us and our families and our teachers is, is just this constant unknown. Um, it is, it, we're always planning, we're always planning and and we think something's going to happen, and then and then it doesn't, and we can't. And so um, we're just really trying to to make the best of this virtual situation. And um, and it's it's been challenging, it's been tough, uh, but it has also been inspiring. Um, there are things that I've seen happen this year that I never thought were going to be possible. Um, and and I think um, I'm just amazed each and every day by the teachers that I get to work with and support. And, and the families that um, I get to work with and support. So um, yeah, we're, we're 100% virtual and uh, it, is, it is really a challenge for a, a pre-kindergarten kid um, to do all of their learning virtually, uh, but they're doing it and their teachers are supporting them and their parents are supporting them. And it is an absolutely true partnership and it is an honor to be um, invited each and every day into the homes of, of our families um, and to invite them into our homes. Um, so. So yeah, thanks Thanks for the chance to talk about it and and to learn from all of you. Thanks so much, Greg. AJ. Uh, good morning, everybody. It's good to uh, chat with everybody. Uh, so I'm AJ Bianco. I am a rookie vice principal this year as well in a five to eight building, uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. I am the vice principal of Eastbrook Middle School, and I'm actually loving what I'm doing. However, I don't like how we're doing it. So uh, we started the year remote. We were remote through... The, through October, November, we brought the kids back. They came in for a hybrid. Three and a half weeks, they made it. And now they're back to remote uh, through the holidays and into January. So uh, we're looking at some some weird circumstances here in New Jersey. Numbers are going up. Everybody's trying to live their life, but they can't be living their life right now like this. So I'm trying to figure out some ways that we can connect with our students. Because honestly, I've met these kids for three and a half weeks. And that was very difficult. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Looking forward to grabbing any ideas that I can put together to help my students and help my teachers, you know, feel like this is school when they don't feel like it's school. So I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Tim. Yeah, my pleasure. And if you're you're listening and thinking AJ's sound is incredible, that's because he is a podcaster as well. He's got a a big time mic there. On to question number two. And I do want to say a a huge hello to everyone who's been popping into the comments. Too many people, too many friends to mention, but thank you so much for coming on board with us today here on the live broadcast or on the replay. Question number two is this, as you look back on the last four to five months of learning, what is one specific win from your community that you can celebrate today? This isn't a case of toxic positivity, but I did want to start things off on a bit of a positive note. 
so I can say that in my community, we did have, uh, I'll say, a, a very few positives. And uh, there was some, you know, a, a few members of our school had to isolate for a little while. But that was, it was sort of really one round of positives. And then we moved on with the school life. We are in a face-to-face context. And so I'm just thankful and grateful today that we made it through the uh, through the last four months, relatively unscathed. Very grateful for that. AJ, I'm going to throw it back to you. What are What is one thing that you can celebrate from the last few months? I know it's been difficult. Yeah, it's been crazy, but I think for the, the win is just the fact that our teachers are working really hard, you know, and I'm going to put the win on them because I, I'm so proud of what they're doing. Even though we're in a remote setting, uh, we have teachers come into the building. Uh, they teach from their classrooms if they feel comfortable. We've had a steady stream of teachers that, that love that love what they do. So I'm giving them the win because all I'm doing is supporting them and helping them with what they need on a daily basis. So hopefully they're listening right now, but uh, you guys get the win. Shout out to teachers. Absolutely. Greg, over to you. I am given the win to technology this year. Um, it, I mean, we've always had technology. We've always known its power. We've always known how important it is uh, to support students as they become uh, digitally literate. But wow, the ability to connect with folks via technology has, has been everything for us. Um, the ability to build relationships, the ability to, um, to educate kids, um, but to just connect. We, we have a school of about 600 students. And you know, before COVID, we would hold events and family nights every month. And we would maybe get 30 to 50 you know, kids show up, 75 kids show up. And, and we thought that was great. But, but on a Zoom room to do a Kahoot trivia night, we can get 150, 250 families. Uh, we can. We did a virtual talent show this past week, and mm-hmm. uh, we used Flipgrid for it. And uh, we had a, a video watching party via Zoom, and we had hundreds of kids show up online to watch each other and cheer each other on. And these are things that I never thought were going to be possible. So um, I'm giving the win to technology, and like AJ, I'm giving the the win to all the teachers that figured out how to use it and. Um, figured out how to use it overnight and over the summer and on their own time and all the families that figured out how to use it. Uh, I mean, they figured out how to log into Google and Seesaw and Flipgrid and Clever. And I mean, they, they figured it out too. So uh, I'm, I'm giving the win to technology. All right. I think AJ and, and Greg have gotten a couple of pretty good ones off the table already, but uh, Dr. Basil, over to you. I'm like, it's hard to follow that. (laughs) Um, um, So what I'll say is, I mean, definitely going to keep hearing about teachers. um, But what I'll say, I'm going to give the win to some of the younger teachers. And the reason I'm going to say younger is because a lot of these younger teachers are coming through the prep programs and they're they're they grew up in the age of technology. Um, so what they're doing now is, is mentorship typically in education means the veteran teacher teaching younger teachers, you know, pedagogy, classroom management, and all that's great. And it continues to happen. But because we're now in this virtual space, a lot of younger teachers are teaching older teachers, right? 25-year-old teacher, um, how to be able to use, like, like Craig said, uh, Kahoot, how to be able to use Google Classroom, how to be able to connect with kids just virtually. And so you have teachers who are using, you know, overhead projectors and different, they didn't want to use the BenQ board. And they're like, I'm not using that. I'm giving, I'm giving paper tests. They had to, they had to pivot, right? And so in March, 
we were trying to, you know, I've heard many times trying to, um, trying to fly the plane as we were building it. <laughs> so, we, so then we landed the plane, <laughs> and so then we kind of, we kind of rebooted it and kind of got a little, little bit more, uh, you know, metal on it and where it needed to go. And we had to fly up again. And so a lot of teachers have had to really be able to really pivot and, and have a different mindset in education. So I really want to thank all teachers for pivoting and be willing to to do what we had to do overnight, literally. Um, but then a lot of the rookie teachers are really stepping up and are doing the things and using Flipgrid and using technology to make their classroom great, but they're also teaching veteran teachers how to do that as well. So that is also taxing when you have your own workload, your own things to do, and now you're teaching someone else how to do something because they're struggling, but that's what we do, right? Iron sharpens iron, as I always say. So definitely um, I'm gonna give it to rookie teachers right now. Absolutely. You mentioned pivoting overnight and that took me right back to, I think it was Friday the 13th in March and it was a full moon. And so, I mean, the conditions were just incredible. Tara, over to you. They've said so many amazing things so far and I can't, I, I, teachers 100% are the most amazing humans on the planet. The amount of love and support that they have offered our students and our families, um, the amount of phone calls and the round the clock work that is going into this is just amazing. I, I cannot say enough about it. That said, working with these teachers and working with our families, I can't help but embrace that our families have been so incredibly amazing and supportive. And never has our family felt um, a, a, strong, a stronger bond. And that's something that's been so important to us. And Tim, we've talked about this before, that homeschool relationship is just so, it's at the core of everything we do. And the way in which we've been working with parents, we said when our kids came back, we said, make those connections, love them hard and make sure that they know that they are valued because um, as Greg said, like our kindergartners had never been in our building before. We weren't able to do an orientation. We weren't able to do any of that coming into that first day. So we had to do a lot of things this summer. We made home visits, we made phone calls, we did all these things to make sure we started on the right foot. And our parents embraced that and they have not stopped supporting our teachers, um, truly. Like it's few and far between that you get someone that wants to admire an issue that's happening right now. It's more, how can we work together? How can we make this best for what's going on with our kids? And I don't care what anybody says, um, culture is at the bottom of all of that. So culture drives all of this and we can never spend enough time focusing on how we impact those around us and how what we do every day um, just makes that impact. So what we did leading up to this, I think um, really gave us the ability to embrace this model and embrace the newness. Um, and in a way, when you look at sil uh, silver linings and things, we look at the fact that so many of our teachers had the opportunity to learn things that they wouldn't, that they were too busy to do before. Um, so I, it kind of forced the, your hand at learning something and learning a way to catch up kind of with where our kids are, to be quite honest. So it gave us the opportunity to meet them where they're at. And so many of our teachers have been saying to me, I will stop when we're on a Zoom and I'll say, hey, we just encountered a problem with this. Can you, can anybody help us? And the kids are helping problem solve and they feel empowered. We go back to that student-centered learning and, and valuing student voice. And it's there so much right now. They feel valued as students and feel like I'm an active participant in their community. So, so many wins right now. They're, choose the right lens and you can see there's just so many out there. Some good mic drop moments there, Latrice. Right, I have to follow up behind all of that. You know what, to be honest though, I guess I can start with sort of piggybacking off your original sentiment, Tim, where you started off with, 
the biggest win is that, you know, our community is alive and well. I mean, we've had a few people who have, you know, experienced some illness, but they've come back. You know, people are pretty resilient. Um, everyone has expressed how much we love and support our teachers because they really have had to pivot. Um, they did, in fact, learn a lot overnight. And, you know, a lot of administrators, to be quite frank, I don't know if all of us would have had that type of mindset because we know education as it was. Whereas with teachers who are practicing every single day and sort of in the trenches, they understand that flexibility and how we always have to kind of make changes and make turns. So um, just definitely hats off to the teachers, but um, really hats off to our students. Kids are extremely resilient. Um, I mentioned to a teacher, I think uh, sometime last week, these kids are going to be so much smarter than us because they're learning about like all of this technological functionality and all of these things that we wouldn't have been able to handle at that age. And so I'm really proud of the students. Um, I've seen some of my most disruptive kids because I've been at the school community for three years and I'm a middle school teacher. So some of my kids who were extremely disruptive, um, never on fire about school, never cared about it, not interested, those kids are soaring right now. So for some children, the virtual setting has been just so empowering because they now have this opportunity to be in an environment that they like and that they enjoy. So that's definitely a win where I've seen all of these kids be able to come out and really show and prove themselves using things like Greg mentioned, Flipgrid, um, to be able to do like rap songs and do dances and things like that, where they get to express themselves in creative and artistic ways. Just like Tara said, many of those kids would have never had those opportunities. So um, the biggest win is really going to the kids and their resilience and their ability to sort of bounce back as tired and as stressed out as many of us are as adults. These kids are still going. They're still getting up and being in their Zoom or their Google Meets. And it's incredibly tough for kids who are so used to being physically connected with one another. And so just definitely hats off to the kids. I mean, we are all adults, but for kids, this has been trying. And I'm really, really proud of the children who have managed to just make it through the situation in spite of. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. That's important to remember that this situation is a win actually for some students. Michelle, back to you. Okay. Thanks. Well, there are so many parts of this that I echo um, with all of my colleagues here. I, I would say, I think I give the win this year to all of the, uh, the caring hearts in our entire community. And I say that because I came this morning from, working with uh, like 50 volunteers at our Parkland Cares Food Pantry, um, giving like 300, like 300 cars needed some food. And when, when, this, when we hit in this pandemic back in March, um, our superintendent, who was amazing and vulnerable and looked to us as leaders and said, we don't have the answers. You know, what do we do here? Uh, we started about eight years ago, a food pantry in our building. And um, he looked to us and he said, how do we meet the basic needs of these kids? So we had to dig real deep, and I have to tell you, the caring hearts of just my teachers and my staff and all of our community members, everybody pitching in, just to make sure that the basic needs were met in our family. That was a huge piece of that foundation. And then, of course, we could build up from there. Um, but you know, our superintendent has always really emphasized relationships first, relationships first, relationships first. I mean, he says it over and over again. You know, that old saying, kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So um, 
that has been ingrained in all of us over the years. And I think that what everybody's saying, you know, what Tara said about the culture and, you know, what Basil said about that, that, that work of heart in a sense, you know, and Greg was saying about the technology, all of that, those are all pieces of the puzzle that come together, in my opinion, to help make this a success story um, because it, it's, it's hard work and it's challenging and, um, you know, it's a win for all of us that we're still going here in Parkland and um, it's not easy. You know, nobody said it was going to be easy, but I have to tell you, when I walk around and I see what they're doing with teachers, um, it's remarkable. And I know all the administrators in the room remember back on that first day when you collaborated with your admin team and you sort of look to each other like, you know, where do we go from here and how do we build these blocks and how you reflect and, and, and regroup in, in different parts. I mean, I know Tara's school district, you know, back and forth in, in, at different moments. And I think that openness, that vulnerability and being honest, that I don't have all the answers, but what can we do together as a team to try to figure this out? To me, that has been a really incredible experience, even working with my admin team and letting my teachers know, again, that maybe I don't have all the answers, but I am here to help you. I'm here to help the parents and the kids. And, you know, we'll jump on any Zoom we can to help them um, show up and make sure that they're feeling connected. Um, so we created these safe parameters for the kids, but really it's the teachers who are doing the work right now and making sure that that's happening. All right. Shout out to our teams as well. Well said, Michelle. And, you know, you, you said, think back to those opening days. Well, I actually wasn't an administrator at that point, so I wasn't part of the initial uh, planning. I didn't have the burden like many of you did of putting it together, but I can imagine what that must have been like. Well, we're moving on and sort of a, a good connection is this next question. What is one pain point that you are still wrestling with? What is one question you are seeking answers to? We know the vaccine is is riding into the rescue and hope is on the horizon. But until we uh, we get that green light, we're still, in many cases, sort of working with these restrictions. So uh, what is one point that the pain point that you're still wrestling with? Back to you, Michelle. Oh, OK. Um, pain point. The pain point I think I'm wrestling with is um, I was on a Zoom the other day. I, Tom Murray was talking to our, I know many of you know Tom, he was talking to our admin team and giving us a little vitamin to uh, help us keep going. <laughs> and he talked about something called compassion fatigue with administrators that um, we go around and we, we, we trying to help everybody be successful. So I, I shared that with my staff the other day and they were saying, well, wow, that's a really great way of thinking about it because everybody's caring so much and we're doing everything to help everyone um, be their best. So, I mean, my day as an administrator looks very different. I mean, I used to, you know, I'm always out and about in the building trying to be visible, but, you know, there's not as much discipline, so, um, which has been amazing for all the kids. Um, so as an admin team, we're really trying to be in everything. Zooms, be around the building, just checking in with teachers and making sure they're okay. And I think that they've adapted really well. Um, but in the beginning, it was a really challenging experience. And so... Um, you know, just making sure that the kids are on the Zooms. We have, we do have kids that aren't showing up and, and just trying to talk with them and talk with the family, see what they need to make sure that the kids understand, you know, what it takes to, to again, feel connected and then show up. Um, so, you know, I guess for me, the, the pain point is I want to make sure that I'm taking care of my teachers and to make sure, because if they're okay, I know they can do the work to be okay for the students and their families. And, um, you know, just to maintain those strong relationships I and mean, the kids, the health of the kids, of course, comes first, that social emotional piece that we all know about. And that's so critical. And um, and to make sure we all have an equitable learning experience for all those kids and and just constantly have reflections and conversations and making sure that we're OK. 
Uh, my pain point really goes to uh, my virtual learners. I have been trying to find them. You know this, Tim, because I'm on Boxer complaining about finding my kids. Um, it really does bother me that some students just have not taken to the whole virtual experience. So while that is the chosen option of their parents, um, some of our virtual learners just have not been as engaged in um, you know, their uh, Google Meet sessions, um, and or turning in or submitting assignments through Google Classroom. So I'm making phone calls most of the day. Just like Michelle said, there's not a lot of behavior um, issues going on in the building right now. So I spend most of my time um, either checking in on teachers or trying to hold Google Meets with um, students and with parents and projecting my screen so I can show them exactly what it looks like and how they can submit their assignments. Um, so I guess that has been uh, my biggest pain point but I am um, really impressed with my entire administration team because we all have kind of adopted the mindset that we're going to find every single child. So we call all of the children on uh, caseloads um, that we have had teachers either express to us that they've not been active or they've not been turning in assignments. We're calling every single one of them. We've done home visits. We send out postcards. We're doing whatever we can um, so that we can find these babies and just reach out to them and let them know that we're still here. Um, it's been especially tough for, I'm guessing, my incoming sixth graders because just like, you know, ninth graders to a middle school, they don't know anything about middle school environment. And so they don't know the teachers. They don't have that connection and relationship yet. So those students, um, I try to spend most of my time making sure that I get to call those parents and just sending little chat messages to them to reach out so that they know that I am here and I do exist and I do want to help and support them. Yeah, no opportunities to do assemblies with parents has been different uh, this year. Absolutely. Tara, what about you? I think the biggest opportunities we've had right now have definitely been just looking at how we are, like Michelle said, how we are making sure that we continue to support our teachers day in and day out. Um, they are truly working tirelessly as we are. Um, you know, nobody got a break. I mean, from March until now, truly, even though there have been a few days off, there's no days off. So nobody had a summer. Nobody had a break. Everybody's been working working around the clock to figure out how we can best serve our kids and our families. So making sure that people are taking a time to pause, making sure that that mental health is being considered heavily with both our teachers, our kids and our families. That's been something that we've been really, really focusing on. Um, Truly, that, that SEL piece that we've always talked about and making sure that's been at the forefront of our mind, again, another silver lining, it's got pushed there. And we know that that is our key thing that we need to be looking at, um, making sure that we understand. Um, I have not heard one of our teachers say they're not coming on to my class because the parents don't care. And that used to be something that I'd hear all the time. Like, oh, the parents don't care, so they're not putting them on. They're not they're not doing their homework because the parents don't care. They're not studying. And, and we'd always try to flip that mindset and say, okay, but why? What's the why of why they're not doing that? Hmm. And now our teachers have taken the time to pause and really dig into, hey, what's going on home, at home right now? Like, are mom and dad home? Like, who's helping you during the day? And how, how can we help support you? Or, or our kids who are like, okay, they won't turn their Zoom screen on. Okay, did we ask the why? Did we figure out why they didn't? You know, we've delivered um, just plain dollar store uh, green 
uh, tablecloths to houses so that they could put them up behind them so they can have a green screen because we provided them that those um, the, the technology. And so we're dropping off tablecloths to people saying, hey, put it up there. You choose whatever you want to be your background because we want you to be comfortable being on our screen tomorrow. And we walk them through how to do that. So understanding the why and taking the time and really prioritizing the time has been something that I really, and you know, I, I try not to look at anything as a problem. I look at it as an opportunity. It's, it's like, this is an opportunity for us to really focus on the things that we didn't have the time for before and make it a priority. So those are things, making sure that our teachers are well cared for, making sure that our families are well cared for. Um, there's lots of opportunities out there to just make a difference and build those strong connections so that we even come back stronger as a school family to start 2021. That's the first I've heard of green screens being delivered uh, to individual families and homes. I, I think that's amazing. Dr. Basil, what is one question you are still seeking answers to? So it, it's it's a national question. Um, what pains me right now is really the, the historical marginalized groups that have always been historically marginalized. COVID has just exacerbated the inequities, right? Um, we talk about kids who look like me, right? Black and brown kids who just do not have. We talk about subgroups in terms of special ed versus EL. Um, I'm the new administrator of our EL um, department this year. And we have so many kids, as Latrice was talking about, when you're making phone calls that they're not, they're, they've lost mm -hmm. their home and they're not living in a hotel. You have seven or eight people living in one hotel room, or they have the room that's connected together. You have so many families who just don't have internet. And I, I, I get and I understand divisions are providing hotspots, including, including mine. But when you talk about one hotspot, if you've ever used one, one hotspot for seven devices is not is not cute. It's not working. It's still lagging. You might as well be using AOL dial up. I mean, it, it's just not there. Right. So then why do I even want to get on Zoom? <laughs> right. Like I, I can't hear you but hear me. So it, it, it's distracting. So internet issues right and I, I and I get I, I am thankful for uh, for divisions that are trying and um, they they've put hotspots and buses across the community and those things have helped but again it's not fixing the the, the main issues that we have right um, and then for me being at the high school level um, I have so many kids who are working. You don't know how many, um, you know, Hispanic kids I call who, again, I'm at the high school level where they're working because their parents are not. And so they're they're the main breadwinner now of the family. You're, I mean, taking on that responsibility of being 15, 16, 17 and having to pay rent. And then I've called you three times that week. Your counselors called you. Teachers called you about 25 times saying, why aren't you on my Zoom? And, and then you and then you come home and then your mom, grandma, whoever, dad is, is asking you, you got the money for the rent. Like it's so many different pressures that kids are feeling and it just pains me because their education is at stake. And, and for me, even speaking about my, my own personal journey, education can be that passport that helps you to get out of this cyclical um, you know, lifestyle uh, of poverty and how those things have affected that family. But now their education is at stake because they have to take care of family, which should always be first. So having ha trying to get teachers to understand that, and they understand that it's something that's really been at the forefront of my philosophy since March. So sorry, something I didn't say earlier, we've been fully virtual since March. So no kids have ever been in the building since March. And I need teachers to understand it's really about um, compassion over compliance right now, right? Yes, if your deadline was four o'clock, I get that. And, and and what are we teaching kids and how are we going to you know, you know, make them adults? I get all of those things. But if a kid is turning it in at midnight because they worked the whole shift and then they came home and did your homework, they turned it in. You don't know what they were going through, 
right, to get that work to you. Um, so for me, that has really been a, a pain stick. But maybe the eyes and ears of the world now will really understand these are issues that we've had for a long time. This is not new. Right. And so how are we going to make sure that all kids have what they need? We talk about equitable education that has a new definition to it now for some people. Right. And so how do we make sure all kids have what they need to be successful? So I really want to make sure that I'm being the best administrator that I can be. I'm supporting my teachers, as, as we all said, but making sure that we really get to the hard work of what kids really need. And are we meeting them where they're at? Um, and like what Tree said, I'm, there are a lot of kids who are benefiting from virtual. So, I, so I, I've appreciated that I've seen that. But there are a lot of kids who are just struggling. I mean, they have not logged in at all since March. And the, the, you call them, they tell you, I'm not doing it. Mm. And that's all they're telling you, I just can't. So what are we doing for those kids? Wow. Whew, heavy. Greg, over to you. I think the issues that uh, Dr. Basil um, just brought up about equity and access, about our systems of education are, are the questions that I'm really struggling with um, because I don't think there are easy answers to them. And they are the questions that really need to be addressed or the ones that have needed to be addressed for a long time. And I think we are now literally seeing it on computer screens each and every day. Um, you know, despite everything that we are doing, despite everything that teachers are doing and families are doing, we haven't reached everyone. We just haven't. And that that is the, the hardest thing um, to wrap my head around. And, and I don't think it's anyone's fault. Um, I don't blame teachers. I don't blame parents. I blame, I blame this pandemic. I, I blame the fact that that here in the States, um, we just do not have the systems of support in place, system-wide, community-wide, that are truly needed to address the needs of students. And I think we have seen just how much support schools were providing. And when those school doors are closed, um, we have really got to think about other ways to connect families to resources, to the things that they need. And school absolutely has to be a part of that, but, but we need more. We need um, community health clinics. We need food banks. We need social workers. We need mental health providers. These are the things that schools cannot just do on their own. We play a role. We can connect families to them. But um, the question I, I really think about is, is moving forward, how do we not only rebuild the system, but create new systems? How do we create new systems that really, really support kids and families um, to, to make sure that they get their needs met. AJ, you've got the last say here. I, I know it's uh, tough to follow up once again, but uh, what is one question you're still seeking answers to? Yes, I don't want to take it away from, from the issues that were just discussed because those are major issues that, that I'm about to switch gears and I apologize for this. But my question is, you know, what, what am I doing? On a daily basis, I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm sitting in a school with six, seven teachers, like I mentioned before, and students at home. Every day, I'm thinking to myself, I know this is not what this job is supposed to be. What can I do? So continuously, I'm looking at it, and, and I'm trying to figure out ways that I can make the teachers feel more welcome. I'm trying to figure out ways that I can connect with my students so that they know who I am. You know, I'm the new guy. I started in October. You know, like you said, Tim, I, I wasn't there to start the year. I didn't put these things in place. I was helping another school district get all this off the ground. So now I'm looking at it, I'm saying to myself, what, what do I do on a daily basis? Like I have observations to do, so I have to do those. I have to draft emails. I'm connecting with teachers, sending thank you notes, but I'm sitting at a computer all day and I'm trying to figure out what else can I do? I walk around the building, it's dark. 
You know, I try to see the teachers that are in there. Uh, I, I think about our students. A lot of them are missing class. You know, then the teachers come back and say, oh, the attendance issue, it, it's a problem. They're not turning their cameras on the grades, the grades, the grades, the grades. I'm like, stop with the grades, you know, <laughs> and because honestly, and, and Latrice, as you said earlier, these kids are learning more right now than they probably have ever learned in the classroom before. You know, as a socialist teacher, I know my kids don't care about dates and things that they're going to have to memorize. The stuff they're doing right now, the way that they're learning to connect in a different level, this is what's going to bring them up as they go, you know, to the next grade into high school and beyond. The, the stuff they're learning in class is good for them to memorize. It's good for them for the state exam whenever that comes about. But we need to find ways that we allow them to get comfortable. And I'm trying to figure out what am I doing to help my students feel comfortable in this environment? How are they building the relationships they need to build? they're missing that you know we have fifth graders in this building who have never experienced middle school have seen this school for like i said three weeks if they were in there really don't know their teachers besides what they see on a computer screen so what do we do for them and, and that's the thing i keep trying to figure out and i, and I really want to you know push that connection and push that relationship but again how do i get away from the computer and there's honestly it's very difficult to get away from the computer right now and, and build those relationships so you know, while the issues that were mentioned, you know, the, the inequalities that we're experiencing on, on a daily basis for everybody throughout any district, you know, how do we kind of knock that out as we go through and try to build this, this new level of learning? Well said, AJ. We've talked so around a lot of the big challenges here. So I'm going to ask you to keep your thoughts a little bit uh, brief on this point. But what is one goal or dream that you have for your learning community in 2021? For me, it's simply about building culture without those assemblies, without being able to connect to all of my classes at one time with all of the limitations and restrictions. Still want to build that culture in my building. AJ, I'll throw it back to you. I, I think, you know, just to piggyback what I just said, I, I just want to, I just want my kids to feel like they belong, you know, whether they've been there for years, whether yeah. they're new to the school, I want them to feel like they're, they're part of this community, they're part of this school, and then they can trust me, trust the principal, trust their teachers, you know, come to us if there's a situation and, and not hide behind a computer screen. I just want them to feel like they're part of, you know, Eastbrook Middle School and that they are the Eagles that they are. Greg. I think my dream for 2021 is the dream that I've had um, each and every year, that every student knows how much they matter, that every family knows how much they matter, every educator knows how much they matter. Um, they matter, they're needed, um, they're needed to make this world a better place um, for each other. So um, I'm just trying to figure out ways to, to do that um, on the other side of a, a computer screen. And um, I think that's really what it comes down to for me, that folks know that, that they, are, they are needed. Um, and that they matter. Dr. Basil. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There you go. That's every day, right? <laughs> sorry about that. Um, for me, it's not, it's not really a dream, but more a reality that kids know that they have everything they need inside of them to be successful. I think this has really shown them that, that you know, uh, I talk about all the time, the kids, you know, like you think you see a big oak tree that came from an acorn. That little acorn had everything it needed to, to, to really have that life of a huge oak tree. So inside of you, you have everything that you need. And, and this pivot, that's the word we've used all throughout this, this webinar today, you've, you have everything you need. And, and kids have been resilient and they've overcome so many things. So continue to use that, use that determination and grit uh, that will only help them, help you foster to have continued success in life. Um, so I think that's what I want the kids to continue and reflect on what they've learned in, the, in this in this moment. There's always lessons and continue that lesson um, throughout life. Tara. 
I'm going to piggyback off what Basil and everybody else pretty much has said, just that kids do need to believe in themselves. And I'm hoping that this time has helped them understand that. And even more than just our kids, but our teachers and our families, just our entire school community, just believing in themselves to know that we are all in this together and that they, we together we can truly accomplish anything. And I think more than anything right now, that that's what has shown through is that when we work together, we are that much stronger. Stronger. And so when we know that, um, and we've seen that through our PLNs and how that how much that's grown. We talk about sil silver linings. The amount of time I've gotten to do things like this, where I get to network with amazing educators and have those takeaways, where I walk back and say, "I'm doing that in my school tomorrow. I'm I'm taking this back to my teachers. That will help my kids." Um, just really, really listening to what's going on around you and taking it back and giving back to your school family. I think all of our teachers are doing that. Like I feel like they are helping one another and really. My dream is that that continues truly for next year. Latrice. I'm laughing because what Tara said is exactly what I plan on doing. Greg mentioned in Voxer about the uh, virtual talent show. And I already was thinking, okay, I'm stealing that. Um, one of my dreams for next year, uh, to be quite frank, is that we never, ever do school the way we did it before ever again in life. Um, I kind of like some of the components that we've seen, right? I've had more active engagement with parent meetings than I've ever had as an educator, period. My parents always show up because all they have to do literally is click on the computer. I love that. Um, I just want us to continue to move forward, to continue to be inventive, um, to continue to look for new ways to do things because that has been absolutely life-changing. And so that is my dream for next year, that we never do school the way we ever did it before again. We just move forward and we try to Continue yeah, well to be said. As Never again, forward. hopefully. Michelle? Uh, my goal would be that we continue to elevate the, the culture of our learning community. But to do that, um, I've learned over the years that that comes with a lot of intention and to be very strategic in creating a system that will make that happen, especially as a leader. Um, I know I'm in budget season right now. That's about to start. And um, when we're, I know it's very lean and it's a lot of need to haves, not nice to haves anymore. But that still comes with a strategy and thinking about what are the human resources that we need in our building. Um, how can we, and I heard others saying it before, you know, we need more social workers. We need, like I heard, you know, Basil talking about it earlier. Like, what can we do now to plan out and be intentional? Um, if it's the um, virtual assemblies that we're doing as well, like what little things can we do? Because it's all those little things, meeting kids where they're at and helping them move forward. I mean, even celebrating everything. We, we do this thing right now. I, I had to create this because I was, you know, Fridays some days and an administrator's life can be like, oh. So uh, we do this thing called Fantastic Fridays where we ask teachers to give us names of kids and we want to like celebrate them so much on a Friday. So, I mean, doing, doing that, shout outs to staff. You can still do that virtually now, but making people feel good about they are. And as, as Basil said, I just want to really hit on that one piece about the equity. That's intentional, you know, um, trying to make sure that you have the learning experiences that are equitable for every single person. So I know we're doing some work right now in our district with that, and I'm really um, proud to be a part of it. All right. Awesome. Great positive note to end on there. Uh, one of the last questions is simply this. Whose voice is inspiring you right now? Share about one author or education leader that you are grateful for. I'm always interested to hear what other people are reading. I know Greg is a big time reader. Michelle, I'll throw it back to you. Okay. Well, I'm the voice that has been inspiring me for a while. I know many of you know him. I mentioned Tom Murray. I have his book here personal authentic a little shout out to tom he's of course tom is a neighbor 
he is a dear friend and his child will be coming to my school next year. So um, um, very cool. But I, I, I love Tom. I think he's he always given back to our school community and um, reading that. I'm also a big um, John Maxwell fan. I, I thank you to all of you podcasters because you have helped me clean my house. You have helped me yeah. at night when I'm planning. I literally put the earbuds in and sometimes my husband's like, I thought you were talking to me. I'm like, no, I'm just talking to myself and I'm listening to these amazing podcasts. But John Maxwell, Brene Brown, I mean, and many of you as educational leaders, I just, I, it inspires me to get up and to be my best every day. So, um, all right. Some good names there. Latrice, whose voice are, is inspiring you right now? Um, I, I read a lot too, but the person whose voice is inspiring me, he's not alive. Um, I actually am very much so inspired by the work and uh, writings of James Baldwin. Um, he is one of the most articulate people I've ever heard. And he's probably one of the primary reasons I decided to be an English language arts teacher because of his works. Um, I just feel like here is a man who came from the ghettos of Harlem. I'm from Queens, New York. And so I know a lot about that New York City lifestyle. And he managed to become one of the greatest orators that this country has ever seen. Um, I just think he always had very prolific things to say about our nation and our forward movement. And he is just definitely an inspiration to me. Awesome. Tara. Okay. Um, Michelle and I think a lot alike. So I, <laughs> I too, and when we're going with author, 100%, I'm going with Tom Murray. Um, got the book here too. Um, shout out to Tom and Personal Authentic. Uh, it's, it's truly what started our year. Um, our team read Personal Authentic together. We've unpacked it together. We've talked about how, um, and if you haven't read the book, I'm going to give a shout out to the book. It truly is a book that I don't know an educator who has read it and said, I didn't like it. I don't know anybody who's criticized it. I don't know. It is, you can't help but be connected to the message because it speaks to every educator and your why. Um, so Tom too is a personal friend and he motivates me daily. And what the, the messages that he puts out there, he is just truly one of the most authentic people I know. Um, so, you know, being able to network with him along with truly the, the PLN that I have formed and um, network, I mean, I, Basil and I work together daily. Just, I, I don't know what I'd do without some people and the motivation and the way in which our thinking is pushed when you truly surround yourself with people who think like you and really push you to be better, think deeper and take you outside your comfort zone. And there's so much to be said for that. So thank you to all of the educators out there who are really coming together and have found your people and are pushing your PLN to become better every single day because there's such a gift in all of that. Well, speaking of great teams, I'm just a little worried that I'm going to forget to shout out Joshua Stamper and his Aspire leadership of Voxer Thread and Facebook page and, of course, wonderful podcast. So, Josh, thank you so much for everything you do for educational leaders. Dr. Basil, over to you. So right now, I would say author. Um, right now, it'd be Jeff Kupiak. Right now, it's a new book that got dropped last month. It's me. Um, and it features me in the book as well. So I'm a little <laughs> biased. But I think that it's important for kids, for kids to be able to see um, people look like them, right? And be able to talk about, it talks a lot about diversity, inclusion, equity, and how we need to remove labels off of people um, and be able to see them for, for them, right? And that's so important right now, especially in this virtual learning. Um, and then I say the, the two other names, uh, Defu Terrace on the show, we talk daily on Voxer, just push each other's thinking. That is so important. Um, and another name is JT Taylor, uh, my brother for AS through ASCD. Um, he's doing incredible work. And if you know me, you know I'm I'm through and through equity. <laughs> and so we push, we push each other. That's it's really hard work, right? 
and and so being able to have someone who can who can pull you up and say, man, let's keep going because we 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 have to be able to get into as Michelle said, intentional good trouble for kids. I mean, they deserve it. Um, and so who's going to be the voice for the voiceless? So that's been my vision and, and my philosophy. But um, definitely some names you should look at for people who are about this work for helping all kids. Thank you so much, Dr. Basil. Greg, I am going to give a shout out to Tracy Browder. She is a kindergarten teacher, um, just an incredible human being. Uh, she is the host of a podcast called Intelligogy. Um, she's also been uh, co-leading the Lead Lap Chat with her partner in crime, Don Harris, um, for the, the past Saturdays all summer long, um, helping so many of us learn and be inspired um, and sort of think through issues of social unrest and social justice. And she just is passionate about helping her students. Um, she shares personal stories. She shares her struggles. Um, if you're not listening to the Intelligogy podcast, um, please do. It is, it is really personal and moving. Um, and she is uh, a soon-to-be author um, of a book that, that she is writing uh, for Dave Bridges Consulting. So um, shout out to Tracy Broder and, um, and just really every, every person that I've been able to, to meet on social media, through Voxer, um, through various podcasts. Um, I think when you get the chance to, to hear the stories of others and to really listen, um, you learn something every single time. So um, thanks to, to all of you as well. Thanks, Greg. AJ. Yeah, so this is a hard one for me. So so I'll give a shout out, first of all, to the Voxer group, the, the the Aspire Leadership Group. I'm in there. I might not say anything, but I'm listening to you guys. <laughs> but you guys are inspiring me daily. Uh, as a podcaster, Tim, the the podcast you put out there, Teachers on Fire, has been phenomenal. Our Edu Podcasters group is phenomenal. I listen to those guys all the time. Um, so those voices are really kind of what gets me going. But I think if I had to choose one, and it's a voice I continuously hear in my head, is uh, Baruti Kefele. Uh, as a new assistant principal, I've kind of been watching his stuff for years, the interview questions that he had. And now that he's doing his assistant principal and principal roundtable that he does every Saturday, you know, I try to grab that as, as much as I can. I'm reading his book, The Assistant Principal 50. So his voice is really in my head because I'm, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing in this role because if I'm in this role, I want to be the best I can be. And I feel like the information he's been sharing has been really helpful for me to grow. So uh, if you're looking to be an assistant principal, I'll, I'll give Brody Kefele a, a shout out for what he's doing. Uh, I love his work as well. He's a serious YouTuber, so I'm following his lead a little bit as well. But uh, he he's another great source of inspiration. Uh, Dr. Basil just threw out the Amazon URL. I don't think that's going to translate well for people trying to copy that down. But it's not. <laughs> so search, search it up on uh, Amazon, that book. Uh, it's me. Well, we are reaching the end of our conversation. And I am, once again, so grateful for each of you. Thank you for sharing some of your precious weekend time with all of us. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. Let us know how we can connect and reach out to you on social media. Uh, I'm going to throw it back to AJ here in a moment. He's got a wonderful show every Sunday night. And I've actually got my phone. I've got a phone alarm set up to remind me. <laughs> Does that make me a nerd? I don't know. <laughs> no, man. I've got a phone alarm to remind me that it's podcast PD time. And, and uh, I love uh, listening to him and Stacy and Chris while I'm doing my own work and getting set up for the week. So uh, AJ, I've already stolen some of your thunder, but how can we connect with you? 
No, no worries. I appreciate it, Tim. So I'm going to go a little long here. So uh, Twitter, Instagram at AJ Bianco, Facebook, AJ Bianco, LinkedIn, AJ Bianco. I'm, my, my name is out there. Uh, if you're interested in the podcast, Podcast PD is our podcast. We do record live every other Sunday. We're taking a break for the holiday season now. Uh, I also have my own podcast, Reflect Ed. Uh, you can kind of search for us on Twitter and Instagram, Podcast PD and Reflect Ed Pod. Uh, we'd love for you to connect. We'd love to learn with you. Uh, we'd love your feedback. So give, give it a listen. All right. Thanks, AJ. Greg? At Greg underscore Moffitt on Twitter. You'll find me. You can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram too, but there are mostly just pictures of my dogs and the things I eat and my kids and you know all that sort of stuff. So uh, Twitter is where I'm at, at Greg underscore Moffitt. And Greg, I have to ask, is there a book in the works? <laughs> There's no book in the works. Put I'm... me down for a pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that inspiration, Tim. You keep encouraging me to write a book. I don't I don't know what I would write about. I'm a principal, right? That's oh, what I man. do. That's my job every day is get up each and every day and help <laughs> teachers, help kids. And that's what I do. So maybe, maybe someday maybe when I retire. I don't know. All right. Thanks, Greg. Dr. Basil. All right. So the main place to contact me is uh, at Basil underscore Marin on Twitter. Uh, definitely DM me. I will, I will get in touch with you within 24 hours. <laughs> um, and then also I would say my website, um, basilmarin.com. If you're looking for an inspirational speaker for the second half of the school year, get your teachers rejuvenated, your students rejuvenated, definitely give me a holler. Excellent. Tara. Um, you can always find me on Twitter at Tara, at, at Tara underscore Desiderio. Um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but, um, but truly I'm networking most of the time on, um, on Twitter. Also, um, Basil and I help co-host um, and co-moderate Culture Ed Chat on Tuesday nights at nine Eastern time. And I also am a part of the Education Never Dies family and um, we run a chat on we run a chat on Wednesday nights at 9.30. So, <laughs> so if you can catch either of those, we'd love to have you join us on either one of those chats. All right, sounds good. Latrice? Best place to connect with me would be on Twitter. Um, my handle is at Latrice Younger, and I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, my website is in the bio of my profile on Twitter. So I look forward yeah, to connecting. I appreciate that LinkedIn uh, shout out, Latrice. That's the forgotten meeting place for educators, but a lot of uh, very committed professionals there. And Michelle. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm I'm really impressed with all of you. I mean, I'm I'm a Twitter girl at Minati Z3, just sort of getting into this. Um, during the pandemic, uh, I, I joined Facebook for the first time. I'm going to admit that because I wanted to hear these live streams like you're doing. So I was listening to John Maxwell and all these thought leaders, and it was really great. Um, I have been working on a book for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my, my dad passed away in September and it was a really mm. tough time. And he really reminded me of my why. So I picked it back up and he reminded me that this book was for nobody more than my own kids. So my goal is to finish that for my teenager who just went through my school, my middle schooler who's here and my little one. So um, fingers crossed that I, I, I complete that and I'll let you know if I ever get that into the world. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Michelle. Yeah. And uh, to all of you, you can reach out and connect with me anytime at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course here on YouTube. Thank you again so much to each of our educational leaders. I want to say a big Merry Christmas to you, however you celebrate. Happy New Year, and let's all pray and hope for the end of COVID in 2021. We can we can hope, right? Can hope. And I look forward to continuing to learn along with you. Take care, and let's talk again soon. Bye-bye.
My name is Tim Cavey, and I'm proud to contribute to the education conversation through the Teachers on Fire podcast. If you enjoyed this roundtable conversation, make sure to subscribe to the Teachers on Fire channel on YouTube, where you can interact with me and my guests every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Central, or 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you haven't yet, make sure to connect with me at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to catch more from me and hear from amazing educators who are bringing growth and transformation to K-12 education today. When you listen to this content and share your support on social media, you pour the fuel on my fire and inspire me to keep going. Thank you again for listening to this roundtable episode in these challenging times. Take care, stay safe, share an encouraging message to lift up a colleague and keep on learning. If you're still committed to the work of education, know that you are amazing.